0: To another episode of the Raven Narratives, I'm Sarah Severson,
1: and I'm Tom Yoder. The story you're about to hear was told by Michael McMillan at our first ever Story Slam in January, when our audience at the Durango Arts Center told their stories on the theme of "Cold Feet." <laughs> when I was just, uh, oh, como dicen cuando era chiquito. Um, <laughs> I met uh, one of my newest brothers, uh, a foreign exchange student new to our family from, from Quito in Ecuador, and uh, he, he became my new best friend. I was nine years old and fascinated with everything he had to say in the very funny way he said it. Um, <laughs> he's my one and only Obi-Wan Kenobi, <laughs> Juan Merisalve, <laughs> the big one. Um, uh, and uh, he embarked me on this journey of falling in love with Spanish language and, um, and culture and traveling and, um, and uh, lived with our family for a year and um, over, over that year we just fell in love with him I remember when uh, we went to Disneyland we trekked through, uh, through the desert in, in Las Vegas and, uh, and we got, finally got to Disneyland and we get out of the car and he goes I can feel the magic in the air. <laughs> he just lived it, you know. Um, and, um, anyways, Juan got married uh, in June of 2016, and he invited our whole family to go to Ecuador. Um, so I saved up, I saved money uh, working on a farm in California for uh, for a year, and uh, sold my car, sold all my possessions. I put everything in a 70-pound backpack, because uh, I figured, well, if I'm going to spend all this money to go to Ecuador, I might as well stay a while. Um, so I, uh, I looked for jobs. I looked and looked and looked, reached out to different companies, didn't find a damn thing. Um, and in April of 2016, um, there was a devastating earthquake in, in Ecuador, um, like almost eight on the Richter scale. just I mean, the epicenter was in a town called Pedernales on the coast, and... Um, and it looked like a war zone when we went there. Um, I experienced two earthquakes while I was there. Um, the wedding was incredible, though. We, uh, we arrived to Juan's house, and, and I didn't know what, what to expect. Um, he was a really humble guy, super intelligent, um, just like one of the most quick-witted people you've ever met, uh, very clever. Always, I, I talked to him for Christmas, and he's, you know, I work on a farm now. I, I teach agriculture, and he says, um, <laughs> you know, new Star Wars just came out. He said, "How goes how goes Jedi training on the farm?" And uh, <laughs> may the chickens be with you, Miguel. <laughs> uh, and. Um, <laughs> So we get to his house, we're like driving through the barrios in, in Quito, you go way up in this mountain, anyone who's ever been to Quito, you're driving up this hillside, coming through the old town, the cobblestones, um, and we're going through, you know, kind of a sketchy neighborhood, and we see this huge wall with barbed wire fence, and next to it is the armed guard, and then we realize we're at Juan's house, and they ask us for our names. well, we're the McMillans, um, and this huge gate just starts sliding down, and and. Uh, <laughs> and in front of us is this palace and we're like why don't you didn't tell us you're the f-? Prince of Ecuador, <laughs> uh, and uh, so we go in. There's tennis courts. There's a pool. There's we walk in these two doors, and there's like worldly treasures from Asia, from Jerusalem. A giant elephant in the room, like literally, um, and uh, <laughs> and so we walk in, and and uh, there's a beautiful piano. My brother's a musician, so he goes and starts playing piano. He's like oh, I've never played a piano. This nice, this sound good. And um, <laughs> anyway. I'm so off on a tangent right now. Um, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> um, the wedding was great. We continue on our journey. Um, my family was there with me for a while. We ended up going, heading south after the wedding to a town called Baños, uh, great hot springs there, incredible volcano called Tungarahua. And that was when um, my family left, and, like, and that's when I realized it. Holy shit, I'm in this country all by myself now. <laughs> Um, My my mom and my dad and my oldest brother left first, and then I was there with um, my best friend, my brother Mark and his fiance. Uh, She just got miserably sick, Um, and we uh, and Mark and I rented some mountain bikes and just had an excellent day mountain biking. (laughs) And poor Sarah's just like so sick. Um, And uh, so we the next day, you know, Mark and I are so close that like it's like. It's, like, heartbreaking every time we depart, even if we, like, see each other the next day. Oh, my God, I'm going to miss you so much. Like, I love you so much. And so Mark leaves. He gets on the bus. I'm bawling my eyes out, just sitting at this bus station. And uh, I might not look it like it now, but I was just, like, I, I mean, I'm still. But, oh, my God, it was incredibly evident how big of a hippie I was when I was there. This <laughs> backpack. I never traveled anywhere without my didgeridoo. Um, this... this, uh, <laughs> this self-made didgeridoo, made of PVC pipe. I've traveled in nine countries with it. Um, and, of course, I, I'm just bawling my eyes out. I'm going to sit at this bus station. I'm going to jam my heart out on my didgeridoo, of course. And, um... And... Brr, 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 just like... <laughs> you know, this little Indian I was looking at me like, what the fuck is this white guy doing? Um, so... I'm balling my eyes out, but I, I know I've adventure in my heart. I'm ready for the next stage because I'm headed to Volcán Chimborazo, the highest mountain in, in Ecuador. So I'm saying the world because, you know, the world's shaped like an egg. And on the equator, the, the volcano stands higher than Mount Everest. So I'm going to go climb it. I didn't plan anything. I'm just, I'm, I'll go climb that mountain. Um, I uh, took the next bus to a town called uh, Riobamba, So you drive up out of Baños and... Uh, And just the most, like, uh, most carsick I've ever been on these windy roads. And here's just like this pitfall canyon (laughs) drop and the bus. And for some reason, they play the most horrific movies on these buses. Like, it's like... so here's this Australian movie like these two, hi- these two hitchhikers are like hitchhiking in the outback and like some guy just comes and like cuts off the boyfriend's head and then the, girl fr- the girlfriend's like running away and I'm just like sitting there horrified like trying to have like a civil conversation with the guy next to me and here I am like hitchhiking trying to get out of there. I end up at Rio Bamba, I'm like oh my god that movie was so scary. And, and, um, I go and I sit and, like, find some food to catch. I'm like, I don't know what next bus I need to take. And I just start talking to people. Thank think, God, I speak Spanish. So they tell me I need to, to take some other bus. And, and, but there's no stop for Team that I have to, to just, like, plan it right and get out and tell the bus driver to stop at a certain point. Um, I don't remember the name of the town. So I get off. They drop me off at, like, the entrance to this park. Um, and it's a huge reserva, so, like, all this, you know, uh, just uh, flora and fauna park, wild vicuñas walking around, they're like llamas, alpacas, and, uh, and caracaras, these in- incredibly annoying birds that just talk a lot, and they're really beautiful, but um, I get there, and the sun's starting to set, and here I am with my 70-pound pack and my didgeridoo, and, and I'm like, what am I, and I have like this tiny tent, and I'm up above 15,000 feet at that point. And I'm just like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, I need to get down from here. And um, I meet this incredibly nice family. And they're just like, venga, venga. And I like, hop in the back of the truck with them. And we was like, I'm trying to find a lodge. And they take, take me down to, uh, to a little lodge there. Um, I forgot so. <laughs> 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 When my brother left, I had really cold feet about the whole thing, anyways. (laughs) Um, Uh, I finally make it to a lodge, and it's this beautiful lodge. There's like these beautiful, tall Spaniards there, like shooting a documentary. And I'm like, wow, this looks really nice. How much is it to stay here? Like $80 a night. And I was like, Oh no! I don't have eighty dollars. So, they, and then they point me like down the road, across the street to the ten dollar night, and I like hitch a ride in the back of the truck, and 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 there's nobody there. Like I see a tumbleweed flying across. Like there's not a soul. There's there's a few cows, um, and an incredibly epic view of this mountain. And um, so I, I get out of the car, and you know they leave, and it's just so quiet. And then out of the woodworks, Pop, pops out a little guy. He just comes running. He takes my $10 and disappears. I never saw him again. He showed me, he showed me to my room. And that, I think that was the worst night of sleep I've ever had in my life. Um, I was just, I was terrified. Like, there was no lock on the door. Um, there was, like, I didn't, know, I didn't know where I was or if anyone. <laughs> and I just remember sleeping there. Like, I was way more paranoid than I needed to be. But that's the horrific movies on the bus didn't help. Um, so I sit there, like, clutching my knife all night, just, like, not able to sleep. And, and uh, the next day, I, I uh, got the hell out of there right at the daybreak after an incredible night of the most beautiful stargazing I've ever seen in my life. And I um, and, uh, end up hitchhiking with the guy who founded the lodge um, for the hikers, to uh, summit Chimborazo, he picks me up, takes me up to the lodge, and um, I made it up to just above 16,000 feet with no plan, um, and met up with an indigenous tribe of musicians, and we spent the day playing music and carrying huge bass drums up to uh, a glacier, and, and we hiked as far as we could without you know gear or a guide, and um, I'm glad that I didn't let the cold feet stop me, so thanks for letting me share. <laughs>
0: Thanks, Michael, for telling that story. Our next live storytelling events are coming up on March 30th and 31st, when the theme will be Second Chances. Pitch your story at ravennarratives.org on the contact page.
1: And to hear more amazing stories told live from the stage, please check out Tell Us Something. It's a live storytelling podcast from events told in Missoula, Montana. You can find the Tell Us Something podcast on iTunes or find out more on their website at tellussomething.org.
0: The Raven Narratives is supported by Red Scarf Shots and photographer McCarson Tafoya, who takes beautiful portraits of our storytellers. Check out her work on the gallery page of our website at ravennarratives.org or find out more at redscarfshots.com.
1: Special thanks to Mancus Valley Resources, our fiscal sponsor for the Raven Narratives. Our intro music for this episode is Storyteller by Jazar, and our outro music for this episode is Cold Feet by the Dell Vikings.
0: And thanks to all of you for listening. And don't forget to comment on this episode, share it with your friends, and listen to all the Raven Narratives podcast episodes on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher.